I think that every uh, Christian sermon that digs into the gospel could start with what I'm about to say. But I really do believe, particularly today, that today's sermon has the power to change your life for better. And uh, what we're doing with today's sermon, today's the final sermon in a series we've been doing on gratitude. And we've done this, this is the fourth week that we're doing on this. And uh, today's sermon ultimately is focusing on how do we have more gratitude in our lives? That's where we're going with this. How do we have more gratitude in our lives? And, but as we do that, I want to start with a little bit of review. We did this sermon series. Eric preached the first two, and I'm preaching these last two. And, and I want to spend just a moment sort of uh, very quickly reviewing where we went last week. I had a few people reach out to me this week and say, where's the sermon? And our guys do a great job. But apparently last week there was some equipment failure. So you're right. There is no sermon up on the web from last week. But let me quickly, like really quickly, just tell you part of where we went. Last week's sermon was talking about the power of gratitude, like how it impacts people's lives. And there's scripture, we're gonna, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today, that calls us to be grateful and give thanks. But now there's a whole bunch of science coming along where, where they're starting to show the incredible power of gratitude. Like it impacts us at so many different levels. The first of which is your health. Like it really has a substantial impact on your, your body and on your health. And just to give you a flavor for that, I'll read two really quick um, quotes. The first one from a professor at Duke University, Dr. Murali Doraswamy says, if gratitude were a drug, it would be the world's best-selling product with a health maintenance indication for every major organ system. Or if you start reading in this area or doing research on this area, like I've done the last uh, you know, number of months, there's one professor who's absolutely the guru of this area. It's a, he's a guy named Dr. Robert Emmons. He's a professor at UC Davis. And you'll see his name everywhere if you start researching it. But this is how he summarizes it in part. He says, the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in a person's life. It can lower blood pressure, improve immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Gratitude reduces lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders. And we talked about last week about a bunch of other things. It affects your ability to sleep. It affects your behavior. It affects relationships. They've done studies that show that it, that it affects your happiness. You can keep going. Gratitude, learning to have more gratitude in your life has a profound effect at many, many different levels. You know, and we think about um, some, when we face hard things in life and um, Eric and I, we'll say some prayers later about the tornado and talk about that a little bit at announcements, but lots of us are grateful that the amount of destruction that took place and nobody died, right? There's lots to be, to be thankful for in that. But as we handle adversity, gratitude can be a big piece of that. And I was reading this week um, an excerpt from an interview that uh, Oprah did a number of years ago um, with, with Ellie Wiesel. And if you know him, he was the, the writer, I think most, most people know him, but the writer, Nobel laureate, who was in the Holocaust, and who later his writing, you know, talks about this. But he's, he's in this interview with Oprah, and this, I want to read just a little bit of the dialogue to think about the power of this. Oprah says, there may be no better person than you to speak about living with gratitude. Despite all the tragedy you've witnessed, do you still have a place inside you for gratefulness? Um, Ellie, absolutely. Right after the war, I went around telling people, thank you just for living, for being human. And to this day, the words that come most frequently from my lips are thank you. When a person doesn't have gratitude, something is missing in his or her humanity. 
A person can almost be defined by his or her attitude toward gratitude. Oprah, does having seen the worst of humanity make you more grateful for ordinary occurrences? Ellie, for me, every hour is grace. And I feel gratitude in my heart each time I can meet someone and look at his or her smile. I mean, just the power of gratitude to take somebody along the, the journey he went on. And I'll end this little section of talking about the power of it with uh, a quote. This is from Harvard Medical School's um, mental health letter where they did an article on gratitude a number of years ago. They, this is part of their summary. They said, in, in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. So as I said last week, you know, that's just a quick summary. But my hope is just a little summary of the power of it makes us think, makes me think, how do I have more of it in my life? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we started that last week. And the first part of what we talked about last week is beginning with a place of just saying, okay, there is a decision in this. Part of it is deciding that I want to have more gratefulness in my life. Part of it is deciding I want to be a person who can be grateful in these different kinds of situations. And I said earlier, there's lots and lots of scripture that tells us to be grateful, that tells us to give thanks, which to me implicitly is saying you have the ability to decide you're going to do it because scripture is telling you to do it. You have this choice of it. And the passages we looked at last week, um, the two main ones I just want to mention the first one was 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 17, where Paul is telling the Thessalonians at the, towards the end of that letter, he's kind of giving them the punchy little summary stuff at the end, and he's telling them to rejoice always, pray consistently, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what he says. This, this idea that we're to give thanks in all situations, not for everything, but in all situations. And we talked about that last week. And then there's this passage from Philippians 4, where St. Paul, this is my favorite passage when people, when I'm facing or anybody's facing anxiety, because Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, by prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is going to be in you. This, so he, he says pray, but, he, but he, he takes a moment to say with thanksgiving, because he knows how powerful it is to make that part of the picture that we're to be a, a, about Thanksgiving. So we get this idea that it's a choice it involves a choice. And I think for Christians on our worst day, we always have something to be grateful for because we can step back and think about who God is and his love and his, what he's done for us. And he knows us by name and he calls us and the gift of life. We can just go down the list of things that we have as Christians and ultimately for Jesus Christ. Right. And I want you to know that, um, I got to practice this this week, this past week. Um, for, so for 2019, I would say last week was probably the hardest week I've had other than one back in February. And, um, I was sitting there, I had this day where I've got this, I've got a friend of mine that's, that's sort of destructing right now. I was super down about that. And just every time it's like, okay, it's like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. It just kept going lower. And then same day, my dad had a stroke. And that's going on right now. Luckily, it's not as bad as it could be and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And I was getting ready for bed. And I thought, well, uh, why don't you think about your sermon from last Sunday? <laughs> so, 
so before I went to bed, I was like, you know, I need to, I need to just get down and, and just give thanks. I just need to, I need to stop and think about the things I'm grateful for today. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm grateful for, you know, and, and the thing that kept coming back to me was what I said earlier, just being thankful for God's consistency. Same yesterday, today, tomorrow with his love was part of And I slept like a baby that night. I mean, I slept so well that night and it was, it was a gift, but it was, I think that's, a, that is the power of gratitude. And part of it is us learning to decide we're going to do it. It's a decision, but I think it's a little bit sometimes like also saying it's a decision to work out, but we don't always do it. So what I want to talk about now is a little bit of a pivot. We're going to choose to do it, but how do we develop some patterns? How do we develop some habits? How do we do some things, some practical things? And that's what I want to turn to for the rest of, rest of today's sermon. The first of which um, that I would put out there, um, you already know, because on week one, we handed you this, is keeping a gratitude journal. And I know this only has 30 pages in it, but we know how to keep adding paper, right, and adding things. But if we can stop and make ourselves, like my own rule of life is in the morning to try to come up with three things I'm grateful for. And the pattern I've always developed it's to, to do two of anything, but one of them has to be something in everyday life. Like you can give thanks every day for your kids or whatever, this, this, the big things. But you need to also find something every day you're grateful for, something simple. I'm grateful for the coffee I have or the, you know, just something, whatever it is, something ordinary in everyday life. But that's, that's the practice and it has tremendous power, right? Last week I quoted the study done by Robert Emmons and Michael McCarthy, where they divided people into three groups. I talked about this last week. They had one group keep gratitude journals. One group kept frustration journals. And one group had a neutral writing about childhood memories or something. And the group that kept the gratitude journals were 25% happier than the others. It's a way to start your day with gratitude. You see life differently if you can start your day with, with a song of gratitude uh, playing in you. The second, so that's the first sort of really practical thing is a gratitude journal. And we obviously tried to kickstart that. The second thing is maybe just trying to set a time. This goes along with, you know, with a similar thing, but setting a time each day when you're going to be grateful or be thankful. I've heard of a woman who sets her watch to go off the same time every day. And when it goes off, she's, that's her call to stop whatever she's doing and think of three things she's grateful for. That's how she does it every day. So she doesn't write it down, but she sets a watch and do it. That's, so that's maybe set a, a particular time where you're going to stop and be grateful. I think a third thing now is to come back to something explicitly Christian or, or at least faith-based. And that is um, we know who to be grateful to whom we're being grateful to, to give thanks to God. So making whatever your prayer life is, make part of it thanks, right? Whenever you go to pray, don't just jump in immediately to your list of the things you want. <laughs> but start after you've given God praise for who he is, then start to thank him for all these different things. And we're mindful that scripture talks about how every good gift is from the father of lights, the father above. And that's part of what we're about. So we're giving thanks to God, right? So gratitude journals, a set time, prayers of thanksgiving. The fourth thing to maybe think about are doing notes of gratitude. And this is the idea maybe once a month, we're going to think about someone that has had an impact on us that we've never, th that we've never expressed gratitude to or, or fully done and write them a note, a mentor, maybe a teacher, maybe a good friend, 
whatever it is, somebody in your past that you're extremely grateful for, um, marriage tip, don't make it an old boyfriend or girlfriend, <laughs> but someone in your past that you're, that you're grateful for, right? And write them a note. And it's interesting. They've done studies on this as well. And, um, it's interesting to see the studies that they've done. Um, the study that was done was by, um, a professor, Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania. And they were doing a study where they had 411 people and they were doing various psychological interventions. One of which was, in their case, they had people write a note of gratitude and then hand deliver it. And they said that was the single biggest thing that they they experimented with. It had a huge impact on people's happiness immediately. And they said the impact of it lasted for a month. So maybe one of the practices we consider doing is thinking about somebody who's impacted you that you've never thanked or really done something with and write them a note today and see how long, what that does for you, where that goes with, with gratitude. And the thing about it is it's one of these things that blesses you and it blesses them. It's just like it's, you talk win-win, it's a, it's a win-win. And uh, so the next thing after this that maybe a practice is just coming back to the most basic of things, learning to say thanks to the people around you. You know, I, I think about um, St. Paul when he's writing um, his notes, his note to the Philippians, his letter to the Philippians. He starts in the third verse of the, of the letter. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Like he's quick to, to talk about how thankful he is um, for them. And every time he thinks about who they are and what they've done and the church that, that exists there. And I think the more we can practice just telling people thank you. It, it impacts us. And for me, I always think about it in terms of our baptismal vows, because in our baptismal vows, we, we talk about how we're going to respect the dignity of every person. And to me, part of that um, respecting the dignity of every person is being grateful to every person. Like, you know, we live in a society that's always going to have levels of economic power and all these other things, but there's something about equal dignity and equal respect as you thank people who've done something for you. It doesn't matter what, you know, what they're doing. So learning to make that a habit of what we do. And again, there's all kinds of research on this to back up some of the power of it. I think one of the more interesting studies I saw in the last couple of weeks, I've been reading all these different summaries of different studies has to do with this stuff in the business community. Because first of all, I was, I, I was intrigued to learn that, um, the study, this is being funded by the Templeton Foundation, but they've done studies showing that people say, I appreciate you and I'm thankful for you less in the work environment. And I'm trying to figure out what that is. Does that have to do with HR issues? Like <laughs> we may have to let you go later. So I'm not going to say how much I appreciate what you, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but people do it less in that environment. But meanwhile, like 80 something percent of people say they wish they had more appreciation at work. And then they've done all these studies that also show that when a boss shows appreciation, the um, employees perform way better. Like they've done all these studies where they show that people will work harder and do more things and achieve more if they're, given, they're shown appreciation. So I don't, I don't know why we don't do it more, but it affects that. Um, as I said earlier, la- last week in 2015, the University of Georgia did a study on marriages and showed that the greatest predictor of marriage satisfaction was if the couple expressed gratitude to each other. So, I mean, the power of Thanksgiving and and saying thanks goes a super long way as something that we practice. The very final thing that I want to mention um, as a practice, and I'm going to do a little little pivot at the end with something different, but um, the final practice that I would mention may surprise you, and it's um, practicing generosity. Because there is this 
link and connection between our giving and our generosity and gratitude, right? Um, and we know that how St. Paul says, it's recorded in the book of Acts, how it's more blessed to give than to receive. And there is something about this as we give this gratitude things being exercised. And there's this strong connection that goes on between them. I want to quote um, one of the authors um, of an article in Psychology Today, Christopher Berglund. This is part of what he summarizes in talking about this connection. He says, recent studies have shown that generosity and gratitude go hand in hand, both at a psychological and neurobiological level. Generosity and gratitude are separate sides of the same coin. They're symbiotic. And the Templeton Foundation has done other research where they show that people who have gratitude give more. And, and this won't surprise you based on the little summary I started with, that people who do that are happier. Those are some of the studies that they've done. So it may not be sometimes we think, well, I, you know, I'm struggling to give more. And this is stewardship season. I will have to, it's right here. I have to say something. <laughs> maybe if you give more, you're going to find more happiness and more gratitude. But maybe do an experiment. Just do a little incremental from whatever you did last year. A touch more and just see. But the, there is this connection. Now, they haven't done a cause and effect. I can't absolutely tell you if you do this, you're going to have more gratitude. But they know they're connected. So my suggestion is, as you pray about all the blessings you have, and you think about how you're going to support God's kingdom work here, think about leaning into it a little bit more, or maybe even in some other area, but just practice more generosity and see what it does. So those are the practices that I, I want to commend to you to think about. Pick one, pick two, just try something, right, on some of these. Keep a gratitude journal, set a time to give thanks, um, make it part of your prayer life that you're going to um, do prayers of thanksgiving. Write some gratitude notes, um, express thanks in your everyday life as much as you can, and give. Be generous in what you do. Those are some of the practices. For the last part of our sermon today, what I'd love to do is pivot, and I'm, I'm kind of taking a little bit of, of a move, maybe in a more Eastern direction, of just saying another way to approach this maybe is to be mindful of what we have as a way of, of learning to have gratefulness. And what I want to do with this is I want to, I'm completely... 100% going to give you just some of the teaching that comes from a Benedictine monk that I mentioned last week. This guy, some of y'all may know him, but he's, uh, he's brother David uh, Stendhal Rast. And uh, he's, he, um, was, he grew up, was born in the 1920s in Austria. He grew up his whole teenage years in Nazi-occupied territory. He was drafted into the German army, but never went to the front lines. And then when the war was over... He studied anthropology and psychology, went on to get his Ph.D. at the University of Vienna. And then his family moved to the U.S., and he made the move. And when he came to the U.S., it was shortly after that, he became a Benedictine monk. And he's become famous with his books and his workshops and his speaking. And one of the main, major things he speaks on is gratitude. And I mentioned him last week because he's the one who's one of his main premises about gratitude is that we oftentimes get it wrong. He says we, we walk around sometimes thinking, if only I could be happy, I would turn around with my happiness and be grateful to God. And he says, we've got it backwards. He says, if we learn to be grateful, we'll be happy. And sort of the evidence he points to on that is he'll say, look, you can go find people everywhere who have all the things they need to be happy and aren't. And you can find people who don't have very much who are happy. And he says, the difference is, the people have learned to be, to be grateful. 
How do we do this? I didn't answer this last week. How do we do it? This is his answer. He says it's learning to see the gift of every moment. What he's saying by that is learning to see in every moment there's an opportunity to take in what's happening and be grateful, to pause and, and to see it. And he says it's so simple that he says it's like you're a little child crossing the street. So he says there's only three things you need to do. You need to stop, look, and then go. And, and the big piece for us in our society is learning to stop and to be mindful and to be able to see the things because we can blow by them at 100 miles an hour and never stop, and maybe until they're gone, to be, to be grateful for them. And he tells the story, which I loved, of how he spent a, couple, uh, a, a good bit of time in Africa. And when he came back, he was like, oh my gosh, the first time he, you know, water such an issue where he was in Africa. He's like turning on the water and he's like, water, you know. And he turns on the light, and it's like lights, you know, all these things he didn't have. And he said after being back in the U.S., after a little bit of time, he got to where he began to take those for granted again. And so he said he went and got Post-it notes, and he stuck them everywhere saying, you know, light, ah, you know, and stuff to stop and give thanks. So our part of our deal is just stop and just think about, like, and that's part of what a gratitude journal is about, right, is stopping to see these things. And then the look part of it is to take it in. And he says, you know, a lot of time it's just stopping to, to let your senses take in whatever it is we're grateful for. And then the final thing is go, which he says go means the action piece, which oftentimes just mean letting yourself enjoy it. But it can also be a call to do something, but it's, it's this idea to enjoy it. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what his teaching is. The, the final two things I want to do today, um, I want to show a video. And um, this video is not very long. It's very short. And, uh, and then I want to say end with a prayer after that. Um, and maybe it will stop and get us to think about today as you go home, all the ordinary things that we should just stop and be grateful for. Gracious Lord, you've given us so many things this week. Help us to be mindful of them. And with all the things you've given us, we again pray for one more thing. Give us grateful hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.